Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Joshua Porter, and I have a fantastic guest on today. I have uh, Kamal Singh with AMZ One Step. I've actually been chatting with Kamal for quite some time over on LinkedIn. He has a fantastic agency, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about what's working when it comes to listing optimization in 2022 and the importance of photography. So Kamal, with that being said, feel free to introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about you and where we can go from here. Awesome. So thank you so much for having me, Josh, first. So I'm super excited to be here on, on your show. So a uh, little bit about myself. I, I came to Canada in 2010, uh, you know, as an international student, I was working at one of the telecom uh, companies. And then, you know, I don't know how come, you know, there's a video popped up in front of me, uh, the, you know, how to sell on Amazon. So I started selling on Amazon in 2015, uh, started with the retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, did wholesale for about some time, and then ended up launching my own brand. Own brand. So after, you know, few failed products, you know, I, I found some success, you know, a couple of my products uh, did really well. And, um, you know, when I was selling on Amazon, I also had a meetup group in Edmonton, Canada. So we, you know, uh, so people were joining, you know, we were, I was organizing meetups, you know, every single, you know, every single month. And, you know, people were asking like, Hey, uh, where do you get the listing done? You know, who's your sourcing guy or uh, who manages your PPC and stuff like that. So that kind of gave birth to, you know, to, uh, to, to my agency, AMZ One Step. So, so yeah, that's how our journey started uh, uh, with Amazon. Yeah. Dude, that, that is, that is beautiful to hear that. Right. So you came to Canada 2010. You started selling on Amazon in 2015. You saw some advertisements and you're just like, yeah, I could totally do this, right? And yeah. at that point in time, probably if you're just selling only in Amazon CA, you, mm -hmm. that is a wide open market because it was probably relatively unheard of. Nobody was really selling on, on Amazon Canada back then. Now it's, now it's a very burgeoning, uh, probably the second most popular North American, uh, mm -hmm. North American platform outside of, uh, outside of Mexico. And then you're over here organizing meetups. So you're a real mover and shaker and you're an innovator in the space. And you probably bring, uh, you probably brought a lot of people that are very popular in the Amazon Canadian sp space uh, to realize what their strengths were. Like, I'm sure you're, you're well aware of Tom Wang and, and Adam, and Adam Runquist. Uh, they're both very avid uh, Canadian Amazon sellers and so who knows, maybe, maybe they saw you or heard about you or heard about a meetup and they're just like, this guy's doing it. This guy's doing it. I want that. Yeah, that, that, that is, you know, so true. You know, uh, when I first started the meetup, uh, meetup group in, you know, in Edmonton, so it started growing, you know, so fast that, you know, uh, our Edmonton meetup group is still one of the biggest meetup groups out, you know, in the entire uh, Canada, you know, there are some meetup groups in Toronto, Vancouver, you know, Tom Wang runs, runs one uh, meetup group, and there's one more guy, you know, in, he runs a really successful group in Toronto, but Edmonton, you know, just because, you know, we started that so early, uh, it's still one of the biggest uh, biggest meetup groups out there and uh, Quinn Amorum, you know, there's so, so many guys, you know, that we, uh, uh, that I came to know just because of, you know, um, that meetup group. And I think, yeah, people do realize that, you know, uh, especially in Canada, it's, it's, it, there's only like, you know, seven or six major cities. So people, people do find out about each other, like really quick. Yeah. And you guys have to deal with a lot of things over there in Canada, right? So not only are you dealing with, uh, uh, massive distances between major locations and the distances between states, which ones are more densely populated, which ones are less densely populated. Um, the fact that you guys have this uh, absolutely biblical winters that come through. So I can imagine that affects the ability for people to meet up. So what inspired you to actually create these, these, these meetup groups? And then we can go in a little bit more of a, about AMZ One Step. And 
Yeah, because uh, when I was selling on Amazon, I also wanted to teach people like how to sell on Amazon. So that was kind of the idea behind, okay, you know, let's get the community together, see who's interested in learning more about Amazon. But, you know, there were like beginners who were joining. There were also Amazon sellers who were joining those meetup groups. So that's how it all started. So it, I was kind of uh, an Amazon coach. Uh, I acquired, you know, uh, maybe around, you know, 30, 40 clients, you know, really, really quickly from uh, from those meetup groups. But then I realized, you know, it's, it's a little bit too much for one person to give one-on-one coaching and everything because you do get calls like six in the morning and at 12 at night so so i'm like okay you know what this is something bro uh, this is something you know that that cannot be scaled so mm-hmm. then i stopped doing that so that was kind of the motive you know behind starting that meetup group yeah and that's the entrepreneurial thirst and i can tell you um if you ever get more than 10 clients you're already at capacity and then you're just exhausted it's hard to manage your own stuff let alone helping people with others and then if you're doing it on a consulting basis it it's it becomes more than just consulting it's 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 borderline babysitting and handholding but to be able to actually turn that into a career is something very unique and a very interesting facet of your journey in amazon back in 24 2015 is that you started off in the retail arbitrage space. Now that if for everybody that's listening, I'm sure you already know this, this is like literally going to Walmart or going to, I don't, I don't know what, you, what version of uh, Walmart you guys have up there in Canada. I'm pretty sure it's Walmart. Um, but going to these stores and just constantly scanning items on shelves, you're probably using like camel, 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 and you're using, uh, what's it called? Uh, There's Keepa, camel, camel, camel. Yeah. Keepa. Oh. Or seller app works really well too, you know, back, back you know, you could, you could scan stuff from the Amazon seller app and then, you know, that would give you the margins and everything, but it's still good to use any third party app because that would give you a lot more information than just the, just the seller app. But, yeah. you know, and then there's inventory labs as well too. I think that was yeah. uh, like version one and version two, uh, exactly. depending on how great your Wi-Fi was. So if you had good Wi-Fi, you're, you're definitely going to get some like decent prices and you're like, all right, man, I can make like 10, 15 bucks off of this when I have a 40% ROI. Yes. Let me just buy this entire shelf and hopefully nobody has a race to the bottom the next day. Did you ever explore uh, online arbitrage as well? Uh, I, yes, I did uh, explore, you know, after the retail arbitrage, I tried online arbitrage, but uh, I it wasn't that much of a success just because, you know, you, I got some, you know, uh, some good websites where I could, I, I tried tactical arbitrage back in the days, you know, I was in the waiting list, you know, once I got into the tactical, tactical arbitrage, uh, that worked out really well, but you know, uh, at that time I realized that you know the private label is the way to go. So I've, I was doing online arbitrage when I all, almost realized that this is something that I'm not going to do for very long. Uh, I, I want to have my own brand, so so I did online arbitrage, but for a very short period of time. But the good thing about you know I wanted to add on the retail arbitrage is it you know if you're starting out it just makes your basics so good because now you understand uh, the BSR you now you understand you know the size of the categories you know how to do the labeling how to do the shipping you know how to understand the margins and everything uh, so you make like so much mistakes like you know the uh, uh, I mean there's like whole lot you know, which goes into the retail arbitrage and if you're starting with the retail arbitrage you know the private label makes is it, it it makes it super simple because you have dealt with all those you know uh, all those hard stuff uh, in the beginning yeah it's it's a much easier transition i can say that i've known a lot of amazon sellers that have gone jumped in straight into pl and they just get overwhelmed but the ones that have already been in uh, private label or even wholesale for an extended period of time the second that they transition uh, I'm excuse me, uh, retail arbitrage and wholesale or online arbitrage um, as well. And then they transition over to private label. The 
there's less bumps in the road for them to actually navigate because they understand right now they're focused more on reviews on our listing instead of reviews, uh, uh, feedback on the actual product for the seller. Right. So it's like, it's, it's, it's just a transition, right? It's like, Hey, actually go over to this listing and then leave the review versus like commenting how well I actually package the product for you or something like that. Um, so yeah. yeah, And then they understand it's like, okay, cool. Now I need to make, uh, the responsibility for, making the images, making the listing falls on me versus while Amazon already has all this created in their, in their endless Rolodex of uh, product information that they have. Now they don't have to like, now they actually have to fight for the buy box in a uniquely different way uh, for their competition instead of just like uh, people actively just going down the list and saying, okay, this one, ha- this person has units available and their price point is a little bit better than this. They also have better seller feedback as well. So it's, it's an easier transition for them. Um, but there's still obviously the headaches that come along the way when transitioning over to private label. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's totally right. You know, when you're the major, you know, the, as you mentioned already, you know, when you're doing the retail arbitrage, your account is your main asset. When you're doing the private label, your listing is your main asset. So, you know, you take, you take care of listing, you know, make sure it looks good, make sure I have nice reviews versus on the retail arbitrage, you want to make sure your account, which is important for the private label as well, but the seller feedback is really, really important uh, when you're doing the retail arbitrage. So yeah, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy uh, transition uh, when, you, when you have done the retail arbitrage already. You, what you what you're doing with meetups reminds me of what Carlos Alvarez does in South Florida uh, mm-hmm. with his meetup group. So his group is primarily heavily focused on uh, retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, and then okay. a, a burgeoning explosive group uh, condensed, mm-hmm. I would say, when it comes to the private label side. And then the people that were active, heavy in retail arbitrage transitioning over to private labels. So kudos to you on that, man. That That's impressive. I like that, man. That's that right there. Round of applause. You get you get that from me, man. Because I, I I like this I like this journey. I wasn't expecting this, so I'm glad I asked these questions uh, live instead of beforehand. So okay. let, let's let's talk about the subject, man. Um, tell me about photography strategies that work in 2022. Because I know that with AMZ One Step, you guys are uh, photography focused uh, agency, but you guys are also full service, and you guys do pretty much everything A to Z when it comes to that. That includes copywriting, listing optimization, PPC campaign management. Um, handling any kind of issues that you have with Amazon Seller Central, but you guys seem to be like the badasses in the space when it comes to imagery. So what's going on? Uh, that is true because uh, we have done over like you know uh, last week we calculated we have done over fifty five thousand you know uh, Amazon images and uh, we have developed developed some strategies you know uh, like we have broken down uh, the the conversion formula, what really works when it comes down to uh, the Amazon images. So, uh, so yeah, so th- this is one of our main services. So uh, when, when people do talk about Amazon photography, you know, they more think of, okay, it should look beautiful. You know, it should be aesthetically pleasing. It should cover all the features and benefits, but everybody else is doing the exact same thing. So mm-hmm. uh, photography, you know, it's, it, it's kind of the backbone of your listing, the listing images, your main image, infographics, lifestyle images. So there's a lot more which goes into, you know, just creating the images. Uh, for example, I wrote an article uh, last month where I broken down Okay, for example, let's talk about the main image first. So main image, you know, Amazon is really, really strict on what kind of main image you can do. It has to be pure white background. It has to cover 85% uh, of, uh, you know, of the image. And also, you know, there should be no logos, badges. There should be no text. But everyone else is doing the exact same thing. But how do you get that competitive advantage so that you can gain more clicks versus your 
you know, uh, versus your competitors. So I have broken that down into 12 different strategies, how you can, uh, you know, improve your main image. And, you know, if maybe, you know, I'll, if you guys want to head out to mz1step.com slash blog, you can, you can feel free to check that out uh, because just because it's like 3000 words blog. So, so yeah, so the, my, the whole point is that each and every single image can be broken down into many other strategies. It's just not a picture on the white background. There's a science, there's, you know, there's a psychology which goes behind that. And the main image formula is uh, when people are searching for any keyword, uh, they see exact same thing. Like, you know, the 20 listings is doing the exact same thing. So your first goal is the attraction. You know, your main image has to be really, really attractive so that it grabs that attention. And the second thing, it should be clear enough that people know that this is exactly what they're looking for. And the third goal is it should build up that interest that they want to know more about your product. And fourth one is that's when people click on your listing. So it's the it's the you aim, it's the attraction, uh, clarity, interest, and click. So this is the formula that you have to uh, you know follow when it comes to the main images. And there's like so many other things that you can do just on the main image. That's extremely impressive that you broke down this mathematical formulaic outcome just to get people to convert on main images. So I'm I'm thinking in the back of my head when you're when you're talking about this like that you're you guys are doing it in a scientific, but also psychological way. But I'm thinking like in my head, it's like, maybe they're adjusting the contrast. Maybe they're messing with the ISO because again, the, you, what Amazon's wanting is that all the listings, main images fits this catalog version of what they want. They want this to be like old school JCPenney catalogs where everything is just very curated and everything's very proper and neat versus over on eBay where it's just literally the wild west. I don't know if anybody's ever exactly. sold on eBay. eBay's amazing. Anyway, yeah. um, that's just my, 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 my soapbox. But uh, I do love the plug that you did uh, with AMZ One Step dot blog uh, for AMZ One Step dot com forward slash blog. Um, that you guys are messing with like some of the ratios on the image to get it to be more attractive. So when it comes down to this, I imagine that when you guys are working with clients, you guys are very specific about who you work with, making sure that they have a product that's very uniquely differentiated because mm -hmm. what this is going to allow you guys to do is make the process a bit easier to make an extremely captivating first image. Is that correct? Or am I just shooting in the dark over here? No, that's, you know, that's absolutely correct. So uh, the main image is, you know, is kind of, you won't get like thousand sales if you don't get thousand clicks. So you, the battle is half won already when people click on your listing. So, so yeah, the main image is super important. You know, uh, you just, you know, if you have like 10 hours to spend on your listing images, spend like nine hours on your main image, because that's what is going to make you, you know, make your listing, you know, go crazy because the more clicks you get, you know, the more sales you get. Um, Another thing that I want to ask you in regards to this is that you mentioned keywords and the importance of that and getting people to convert over to the, uh, to your listing based off your main image. Are you doing anything when it comes to the meta description or metadata to these, uh, to these images that's going to essentially uh, allow for better conversion? Is that something that you guys do in your strategy or how does that operate? Yeah, we do. Uh, we do add keywords in the alt text of, uh, you know, on the Photoshop file, when you do upload that, the Google picks it up, you know, Amazon a algorithm picks it up, but that does not really help in the conversion, but it does help in the visibility part of it. But there's, uh, there's many other factors which are like 
heavily involved in you know in, in in the ranking than just the alt text on those images because it's it's a photoshop file but when it comes to the ebc that is you know uh, that really works well because now you can add up to 100 100 characters on the ebc alt text on each image and that could be a game changer for you know many of uh, many of them but when it comes to the main images no it it, it you can add those uh, alt text but it doesn't it's not that you know it, it does not play that huge part Okay. Okay. It, it doesn't play a huge part when it comes to the conversion process, obviously, uh, from search, but I imagine that mobile and desktop do play a huge part. So where are you guys seeing the most conversion on when it comes to imagery? Is it on mobile or is it on desktop? Because I'm a desktop shopper. I hate being on my phone. I, I if I could throw away my phone, I would, um, don't quote me on that, but I would. <laughs> uh, so where do you, where do you see your, uh, the highest conversion on? Uh, I think it's it, it it really depends on you know the type of product. Uh, if it's uh, if it's a household or you know uh, depending on what kind of avatar uh, you you have. So it's it's mainly you know focused on what we the mobile version. You know they're still taking over. You know about one third of Amazon shoppers they do shop on their cell phones, but still you know at the, the priority is the desktop uh, because Amazon automatically you know. Uh, make sure listing optimized for for the cell phone as well if you have a nice images uh you know amazon is playing around a lot on the you know the cell phone versions of the listing sometimes you know you would see bullet points on top sometimes you would see a plus content on top so amazon you know so i would say uh, the, just keep your focus more on the desktop first because amazon automatically you know they keep changing their with the newer version of their buyer's app things keep changing so so still two-thirds of people you know they're, they're shopping on on their desktop so which which is where we see the highest conversion. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. Desktop over phones. Hell yeah. Get back into yeah. the real world. Put your phones <laughs> down, right? Um, so you, you mentioned one thing, Amazon keeps on changing, right? So with Amazon keep on changing, um, what this is, this is kind of like a weird question to ask, but when it comes to certain niches in the marketplace, obviously you'll see a bunch of sellers that completely break the rules for main mm -hmm. image. How do you guys go about dealing with that? And how do you like follow the trend? Is it better to actually follow the trend wherever, if everybody's breaking the rules, then it's okay for you to break the rules or I, I'm not trying to put you in your business yeah. at, at jeopardy, but this is like an honest question, right? So yeah. you'll obviously search and you'll see people advertising like, oh, I have three pack, six pack, uh, two for one. And I'll have like the, the logo up in the corner or something like that. How, mm -hmm. how do you guys get around that to make your images obviously better and, uh, and stand out? Yeah, so uh, there are some categories where Amazon is like really, really lenient. If competitors are doing it, Amazon might accept you know your like kind of a gray, you know, a gray hat image as well. You know, maybe you add some text or graphics in it. In it, there are some certain categories where Amazon is like you know they don't they don't care. But in some categories that they really, really you know they're super strict. You know, their bots would catch you right away. And there are some listings. You know, uh, if if your seller if you see that. Uh, there's a, your competitors who are you know are doing things against Amazon TOS. Just because they are doing it does not mean that you should also do it, and does not mean that you know uh, that Amazon is going to accept yours. You know there are some very old listings which are just grand grandfathered in, uh, but if somebody reports that you know the, the listing will be suppressed and they'll have to re-upload that uh, that that new image. But yeah, so uh, based on our studies on the research what we have done, there are some categories where you can do you know uh the graphics and text and amazon wouldn't really care that much okay. so it depends on what kind of category uh that is so uh and if, if everyone is doing graphics and you're also doing graphics 
that means that you're doing the exact same thing won't give you that competitive competitive edge right so uh, if everyone else is doing that that means you should not do that you should come up with something else you should do a different concept you should try a different concept which you know people you know get attracted to or which gets their attention yeah yeah obviously um just understanding the rules and understanding the uh, terms of service when it comes to the category is going to help you uh, avoid any kind of the bots or any kind of the hiccups where you're getting your listing shut down. Because after all, as you mentioned, uh, yeah. on the PL side, the listing is listing is king uh, in yeah. this aspect. Now, I know that we spent a good amount of time talking about the main image. I want to understand the formulaic breakdown when it comes to all the images uh, on the listing, right? So obviously, first image is the main image has to meet the catalog, uh, catalog background, has to fit the standard, standard operating procedure that Amazon wants in place. But then you go into the lifestyle images, the infographic graphics, the 3D rendering, the video, like let's, let's talk about that stuff because that is uh, probably where a lot of people are, are going to want some uh, more information on that. Yeah, no, sounds good. So uh, maybe, uh, so the ideally, if you have a video on your listing, then you should have uh, six images on your listing. So one is the main image, you can go with one or two hero shots, but the game changers are the infographics and the lifestyle images. Maybe let's just talk about the infographics first. So sure. the, form, the formula that we use at AMZ One Step for the infographics is a three-step formula, is number one, what is the benefit of your product? Like, or mm -hmm. of that, what, what's the benefit that you're trying to show in that image? and what makes that benefit true, which is the feature. And that is also the step number two. And third is the visual reference. For example, if you're selling anti-aging anti-aging cream, right? So, mm -hmm. so that image is maybe, you know, the image, the benefit is it slows down your age by maybe 15%, whatever, you know, hypothetically. So that is the benefit, it slows down your age. And what is that feature that makes that benefit true? Maybe it has a vitamin C or maybe it has a BHA exfoliation, whatever, you know, whatever it could be. So mm -hmm. benefits for benefit first and then the feature. And then what is the best visual reference possible for that image? Maybe you can show before and after, right? It could be anything. So, so on Amazon, what really, really works is the visual references, you know, mm -hmm. uh, those days are gone when you could have just text on your image and the icon and people would understand it. But now it's, you know, you know, people are taking their listings to the next level. And to explain it furthermore, like, for example, uh, I, I came across a listing, which was the anti-slip bathroom mat. And, uh, and the image was like, you know, it, for example, there was a pregnant lady, you know, she was in, probably into eighth or ninth month and she's just stepping on that anti-slip bathroom mat. And that made me think, I'm like, wow, this is like extreme emotions or extreme conditions. And people who are buying that, they're like, wow, if pregnant lady can use this anti-slip bathroom mat, it's, it has to be safer. It has to be safe. And then mm -hmm. they don't, they, then they don't care about what price is it. They don't, they, they don't care about what kind of reviews because now you have shown those extreme conditions or extreme, you know, emotions in your, in your infographics or lifestyle images. And that is what sells on Amazon. And maybe one more example, you know, for example, if you're, if you're selling, um, I mean, the automatic floor cleaner, which cleans the hardwood and the carpet, for example, right? So what would be the extreme condition? Maybe if you have a dog in your house and it's it, it's a hairy dog, you, you see lots of hair, people who, don't, people who don't have the dog, they can still relate. Hey, if this product can clean the dog hair, it has to be good. 
mm-hmm. right? So that is the emotionally, you know, extreme conditions that we have to follow and give those visual references to those people. And this is what really works. You can say in the text, hey, this cleans, you know, it, it cleans really well, or you can use the icons, you can use those infographics, but image speaks for itself. So you gotta, you should be able to, you know, uh, use those visual references for people can understand. I have like so many examples, but uh, yeah. So this is just to, you know, those are, those are great examples. And I actually want to comment on those examples, right? So um, in the first one, you obviously mentioned uh, anti-slip pads uh, and having the pregnant woman. So that you're, as you were saying, it is a very emotional um, example that they're using right there. It's, it's to the extreme. Not only is it a woman, um, but it's also a, a woman with a child um, that's, you know, that's almost about to give birth and to have something that's going to be extremely safe for her, safe for her newborn, um, that isn't in the world as of yet, uh, that right there, that's going to pull a lot of heartstrings because they're going to understand it's like, okay, th- this, uh, we, 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 we're not just protecting her, we're protecting her unborn child. And then the pet example, you're really going after the 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 human element man's best friend and we're saying okay cool this i understand that they're they they could be like a personal little monster and they could destroy my house but if if i'm happy with them and my environment is 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 clean and safe then i could deal with my my pet being like hyper destructive or extremely hairy or or, or whatever it may be right um so i think those are those are two extreme extremely uh, fantastic details. What I think is uh, really unique when I see a lot of infographics, especially when it comes down to uh, personal care. For example, as you're using the anti-aging cream and it having vitamin C, how they often focus on less of the text and they'll focus on the imagery aspect of it where, okay, cool, it has vitamin C. Instead of sewing like vitamin C as a pill capsule, they'll show something that's relatable to it, like oranges, right? Um, And they'll say like, okay, this has vitamin E. So they'll show something else like, Allo, what what does it come down to when it when actually creating these unique visual aspects of infographics? Because there's a lot of information that can be put in an infographic that doesn't often have to be text. But when do you fit? When do you find that perfect balance? Or or in what scenarios would you say go more heavier with text versus imagery, and more uh, more heavier with imagery versus text? Uh, it it really depends. You know what 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 kind of product you have. For example, if your product you can go with extra text, for example, if you're giving them instructions like how to use or, uh, you know, how to use or maybe uh, how to apply it on your skin, something like that. Or if you're giving supplement facts, those are the, you know, some of the examples where, where you can go the text heavy. And also, if you're just trying to put your point across on like, you know, uh, one or two features, then go heavy on the images. Uh, that's what I would say. Uh, you know, a lot of the time, you know, what sellers do just because their product has so many features and they try to cover them all in the listing images, which makes their image look so busy. You know, for example, you know, when we do the research on any product, you know, the product may have like 10 different features or like 10 different benefits, but we cannot show them all in the images. So you have to pick the top. When you, when you do your uh, consumer research, that's first part. Okay. So let me just go back. Uh, so when you're creating your images, you have to create an avatar who is that person? Like, is it is it a female, 18 to 25? Like, is she going to school or what? You need to create an avatar for your target audience and create the images which are speaking to those, you know, that avatar. And out of those 10 features, choose the top six one, which is more, you know, uh, which is more relatable to that avatar. So, uh, so just because you have... 
I, I would say try not to cover all your features. Go with the best ones. You know, the Amazon, uh, you also have a video to showcase your other features. You also have A plus content to show your other features. Try to make your images, you know, uh, minimal clean and do not underestimate, you know, uh, the buyers. The buyers, they are smart already. You know, uh, the Im image should speak for itself. Do not make your images look like crowded with extra text. Only when it's needed. Only, uh, as I mentioned, like if, if you're telling people like how to use or how to, um, uh, and stuff like that, yeah. I was just writing down another question right there, but that, that is fantastic. You were talking going into uh, deep detail when it comes to customer avatar and then choosing what features and benefits. Obviously go with the top six out of 10 if you, if you, if you have that, or I'd say uh, top 60% in that, in, that, uh, in, in that example. Um, when it comes down to designing the avatar, to fit this particular product. This is something that I often wonder myself, do you design the avatar based off of the way that the product would actually fit the end user or would you design the avatar based off of the failings of your competitors? I think, uh, I think, I would go with the first one. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, what you gotta do is when you're doing the research, you know, uh, you gotta see what are the, what is the end user is going to get you know, who is that buyer? For example, you're selling a baby product. It's not the baby who's, who's buying your product. It's gotta be the parent. Is it the mom who's, who will be, who, who's more likely to buy that product or is it the dad? So it's the, you know, you have to reverse engineer and, you know, think from the end user point. Okay, so it's a baby product, more, you know, chances are, you know, 70% of the time, maybe it's the mom who's going to uh, buy that product. And what are some of the mom's concerns? Maybe let's say, is it easy to clean because baby's gonna make mess or is it safe for her child? You know, those are some of the things, you know, you need to think about the end user and see what are some of the questions and concerns uh, that they have but not to forget you know the uh, the latter one uh, look at the competitors you know negative reviews and the positive reviews what are some of the people you know which are what, what they think about that product you know what are some of their pain points so that you could highlight those ones in your listing uh, listing images okay uh, and when it comes down to lifestyle images what would you say is like the most pivotal aspect to increase click-through rate because again, lifestyle imagery is, is it all, it's all dependent on the product, right? Um, mm -hmm. This isn't like UGC that you get off of like Twitter or Instagram or something like that, or, or TikTok. There's a certain formulaic approach when it comes to Amazon, because that's where it really matters. People are looking at three things, right? They're looking at images, they're looking at price point, they're looking at reviews. And obviously image, as, as the expression goes, uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. So let's talk about the lifestyle images. So the lifestyle images, you know, as I mentioned, as I cover a little bit in the infographics as well. So there's three, uh, three different things that you can do. One is, you know, when you're creating the lifestyle image, what is the extreme condition, you know, extreme emotions and the best use of that product. As I mentioned already, you know, uh, uh, the anti-slip bathroom mat, that's an extreme, uh, that's an extreme condition and the pet here, uh, uh in automatic, you know, the floor cleaner, that's also an extreme condition. Maybe what are some of the extreme emotions? Maybe, uh, maybe it's, you're selling the back pain or, you know, a pain relief product. So you can show person in pain and then, you know, how that person life changed after. So maybe before and after, or uh, for example, if you're selling a supplement, maybe healthy lifestyle, uh, what would be the benefit of that? So you need to uh, think of, you know, okay, what are the, some of the, like, how can I emotionally trigger the buyer? whether it's a pain or it's a, it's a happy moment or how can how can we relate with with that buyer uh, through the lifestyle images or showing the best use of that product i was looking at you know um, an image 
uh, image today. I was reviewing a project. It was the uh, food delivery bag for, uh, you know, um, food delivery bag. And the chances are most of them, maybe the, I don't know, maybe the DoorDash or this Uber Eats driver, more than likely, you know, those are the guys who are buying that product. So what is something what they really care about? Maybe it can fit in your trunk, you know, in the back, maybe do a lifestyle image of that, right? Uh, or maybe, for example, uh, I, I looked at the image and there was a competitor who's just giving the dimensions, hey, this is like 23 inches, you know, uh, long, 23 inches wide, but that is not relatable to the, uh, you know, uh, to the buyers. Instead, show them that you can fit five pizza boxes and a two liter can of uh, Coke, and that's much more relatable. So, so, so when it, when it comes to the lifestyle images, you know, it, it, extreme emotions, best use, and uh, you know the extreme conditions is the easiest way to you know to to get high quality lifestyle image done. Yeah, and and going a little bit further on your uh, delivery driver bag example, uh, there's a couple things that you could even add to that, right? Taking a picture of several pizza boxes in this delivery bag. Uh, as you mentioned, even having images of it in the trunk of your car or in unique cases, maybe show like the strength of the bag, uh, make sure that like you, you showing that it's not going to burn your hand dealing with all this hot food in there, but it's also going to keep your food warm. Like you can even show rays of sun hitting the bag and getting bounced off while the heat stays inside of it. Your food doesn't get soggy. It stays warm. It has enough room to breathe. Uh, there, there's a ton of things that you could do, you know, even zooming in on the stitching, zooming in on the Velcro. Um, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. also you know, some some of the benefits maybe keeps your food warm for like up to three hours. So mm -hmm. when when they're thinking though, okay, so no, the delivery is not going to take more is not going to take like longer than one hour. So you know if if you're, if if that bag can keeps your food warm and fresh for like three hours or four hours, that helps you know uh, the buyer too. Hey, this is perfect because you know now you now you're taking that benefit to that extreme once again so so yeah i think you know there, there's a lot of things that you can do again you know we only have like space for six images and we need to come up with the how to utilize those you know the best use of those six images yeah and even showing that it's spill proof and stain proof uh fun fact i'm here in mexico you're in canada right so i imagine that the delivery driver bags are completely different based on region i'm not too sure what they are yeah. in canada but i know in the united states uh you know they have the luxury of putting them in their vehicle or having that fancy domino's pizza bag and everything like that that just keeps all your pizza warm and they just show up and it's like here you go right but uh here in mexico the delivery driver bags are completely different they're more of a backpack style right? So uh, the drivers, they either get these uh, things on the back end of their motorcycle, these giant boxes where they can put their food in, or they have it as a backpack style where they carry it around. And they actively look like uh, a backpacker in, in the mountains, like carrying exactly. this extremely uh, this extremely heavy rucksack. Um, so I imagine that the concept of design would also have to fit in culturally as well. Exactly. You know, that that, that is totally, to totally right. So, you know, for example, it also, you know, starts with, uh, the one cool thing I like about the brand analytics on Amazon is, you know, you can you can you can do some keyword research and you can take a look. Uh, what are some of the listings which are getting like the higher highest uh, click through rate, and what are some of the listings which has the highest conversion share? So, uh, so you know, it starts with the keyword research as well. For example, uh, if you're talking about you know those kind of packs, maybe they are portable. Um, you know, you need to when you're doing your research, you know, uh, do the keyword research as well. See, see you know. 
when you're doing the research, if you're searching for your competitors using the wrong keyword, you're going to get the irrelevant listings as well. So use brand analytics to do some keyword research and so that you can uh, see what uh, what are some of those, you know, um, the close competitors, which what what they are doing, right? So uh, that that that's a great point, you know. Uh, both of them are delivery, food delivery bags. You know, one is more like a backpack, others more like a carrier, right? Mm-hmm. Are people searching for just one keyword to find the same product, or are people searching for different keywords, you know, uh, to find those products? And so yeah, so. so when, when you come into a situation like that, go back to the keyword research and see, okay, what are some of the uh, high search volume keywords, which only shows the relevant products. I think the best way that we can solve this issue, right, is uh, to all the listeners below, if tag your friends in our Facebook and LinkedIn post about this, uh, that are uh, food delivery drivers, if they work for DoorDash or Uber Eats or something like that, and just like, ask them, ask them a random question, like, hey, would you search for your food bag this way or that way, right? If you're if you're going to deliver your food, because, or maybe the company actually that you work for provides it, chances are they don't. But um, if they do, that is, uh, that saves a lot of problem, that saves a lot of time. So let's talk about the uh, brand analytics, right, for, for, for a moment when it comes to imagery. Uh, break, it, break it down, what, what does it take to actually do the proper split testing on imagery? Because again, uh, you only get six spots. So when, when, when should you start doing split testing? How often should you do split testing? When should you re-optimize your images? I think you should start uh, the split testing you know, right off the bat. You know, when you're when you're getting your photography done, uh, ask your agency or freelancer to give you two different uh, images that you can uh, that you can split test. Not just like two different images from different angles, like two different images with the different concepts. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and you can either use manage your experiments on Seller Central, or you can use a third party tool like PicFu to split test your main image and see what works really well. Because as you know, as sellers, we can be biased sometimes. Uh, so always go with uh, you know, either manage your experiments or, or, or a PicFu so that you get the real feedback from people. Okay, and uh, uh, there's one more there's one more thing uh, that I wanted to add. There's a strategy called Kaizen strategy for the main images. Okay, uh, let me tell you, uh, and that will relate to like how often you should do the split testing. If you are constantly, you know, if you have a hero product, you know, uh, that does like more than fifty percent of your you know overall Amazon sales, what you need to do, you need to keep the Kaizen strategy in your mind. For example, let me give an example. There is a portable monitor, you know, uh, we did the image, it's perfectly fine. It's a monitor, high resolution, covers 85% pure white background. And what Kaizen strategy tells you is that, how can I improve this image? Even though you're not doing this pre testing, okay, maybe I can get this 3D rendered. So you go to step two, you get your image 3D rendered. Now it looks even sharper, right? Maybe how can I make this image better now? And now the same portable monitor, you can maybe add a wallpaper. now you're adding some colors to your listing and okay what else can i do now you can add maybe some text on your uh, on your on your wallpaper that it's portable you know 16 inch screen hd something like that okay what can you do to improve that image now and then you you add a 3d you know a, a 3d uh, animation or something where you can make you know the spider-man or superman come out of the screen which straight takes the attention away so start with the split testing see what works go with the image which won in the split testing and then implement the Kaizen strategy every two to three months. Go back to your competitors, do the keyword research, see what other sellers are doing because once it all, all it takes 
just one seller to come up, come up with a great image and everybody start, everyone else starts copying the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So in order to avoid that, you need to use Kaizen strategy after two months or three months, go back, see what can I improve? How can I take this to the next level? Redo that main image and keep doing that because that is your hero product, which drives you the most amount of revenue. So, uh, you know, so just keep your competitors, you know, uh, scratching their head, uh, you know, and just keep optimizing your main image because that is, as I mentioned, half of the battle is won when you get a click through the search results. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that's crazy how you uh, how you have this you know, like this unique strategy that's Kaizen strategy um, that we'll have more information we'll link that below uh, going over that and you mentioned something very unique uh, one three D rendering and then two trends following the image trend based off of that category so how do you predict the trends based off of the images in that unique category and then let's go into the 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 value of 3d rendering and, and then we could follow up with like mistakes when it comes mm -hmm. to images because i i'm like absolutely fascinated by this discussion by the way thank you for for being such a great speaker in regards to this uh but yeah let's talk about um let's talk about 3d rendering and following trends so 3D rendering is getting popular every single day on Amazon. You know, uh, uh, it, it it's pretty popular in the real estate market. But the Amazon, you know, Amazon sellers they're always looking to get more clicks on Amazon. Uh, so 3D rendering is a, is an image which is done virtually in a computer software, and it's flawless. It's it it's like it's so clean and sharp, and sometimes it's so good that it looks fake. So yeah. so 3D rendering, you know, you can. Uh, because when when a photographer is taking a picture, there is you know a human error element. You know you mm -hmm. cannot have the perfect lighting. You know everybody do that exact same thing, uh, exact same picture differently. The good thing about three D rendering, you create that three D model in a software, and now you can pretty much rotate it three sixty and choose whichever angle that you want, and then you render that image with the perfect lighting, and it just looks flawless. And it works really, really well when it comes to the reflective products. You know, for example, if it's a metal or if it's a glass or or it's it's a certain kind of fabrics. For example, if you're taking a picture of a steel mug or something, you're going to see the tripod, you're going to see the light reflection mm -hmm. and those kind of products, you know, they don't, if you have something like that, go with the 3D rendering, it's going to give you the best results. So the good thing about 3D rendering is, you know, it's, 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 it's not that expensive. It, uh, you know, it, it, it looks flawless and it can give you that competitive edge. And once you get one 3D rendering done, you can get as many angles as possible. You can take the picture from like 360 angles. So which is the good part about uh, about 3D rendering. So uh, it works really, really well in, in, in certain categories. If your competitors are doing it, you should do uh, you should do that. And if your competitors are not doing it, and even though like it, it, it's gonna cost like, let's say if your product is doing like 100,000 a month or 50,000 a month, even if your competitors are not doing it, go check that out. Do try that out because it could be a game changer. It just looks so good uh, when it you know when people are searching through the search results. Yeah, and uh, everything that you mentioned about three D rendering, it falls in my mind under two specific categories, right? Um, so it is the perfect image, but then it goes back to the concept of the uncanny valley right? Where something's so perfect, it actively looks unreal. And then it falls onto the other facet of it is the fast food uh, diagram when it comes to imagery, right? So you get this perfect image of what this 
piece of uh, piece of food that you're about to consume is, hopefully the product lives up to that imagery. Because uh, when, it, when it comes down to like fast food, they put a lot of time, energy, and effort to make these uh, these probably highly undisposable pieces of, uh, of food that they're, that they're, that they're propositioning, um, seem extra appealing, right? Extra sauce. The, the, the cheese is melting in a perfect way. The patty is extra, extra crisp all around. Like the onions are extremely fresh. I'm actually (laughs) talking about this, right? Uh, uh, everything's perfect, but then when you get it, it's just like, it's tossed in a bag and it came out of a vending machine or something. So um, obviously delivering on the results is just as important as having this perfect image. It, that, that, is, that, that is true. You know, as long as your product is high quality, you know, you're good to go. As long as, you know, people are not disappointed, they're not going to go back and compare it with your images. If your product is good, you're, you're good. It's just like, you know, when you go to the showroom, you know, buying a suit, it looks so clean. And, you know, because of the lighting effects that they have given, you buy it, but it looks a little bit different, but as long as you have a good quality and people will enjoy your product, then you don't have to worry about uh, worry about all that. And uh, in order to minimize that effect, go with the 3D rendering only on the main image and rest of the images can be real life photography too, like the normal pictures. So you can use that to just to get that click and then people would get that people would see the real images as well. And also sometimes, you know, the bad thing about 3D rendering is it can take longer. And also uh, try not to 3D render the whole lifestyle image. You know, you can take the 3D rendering on a white background and then Photoshop it, play around with some lighting, make sure it looks real. Mm -hmm. And uh, that way, you know, people won't really complain. So so there's a couple of things that you mentioned earlier in this conversation that I want to touch on. And you were talking Mm -hmm. about metal products and the importance of 3D rendering. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, we're going to go into a little bit of story time right now, right? Mm -hmm. My first product, my first two products were cocktail shakers and Moscow mules, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember I spent a bunch of time, energy, and effort getting photography done. In fact, I was more dedicated to the photography aspect of this product, even bringing my cocktail shakers to a bar, having a live bartender take pictures of it, having the photographer show up, uh, doing all this work, actually having them make a drink, seeing the uh, the condensation build up on the outside of the cocktail shaker, and then even having it when it was done in studio, uh, having this photographer slash pho- uh, uh, editor, uh, edit out the flash, make sure that he's capturing it from a certain angle. Um, and it never, it never was actually perfect. So I, I want to talk about the, uh, the mistakes that most Amazon sellers make when it comes to photography. Okay. And, th- and those are my mistakes, right? It's like, I couldn't yeah. ever actually get everything. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Right. Uh, <laughs> the, the number one is like, for, it's, it's mainly for the new sellers, not giving enough time to photography. You know, they would think, okay, you know what they would prioritize the shipping times and everything, but they would, they don't give that much attention to, to the product photography because that's going to take longer. That will take time. And you, you know, then it never goes perfect. The first way you ask for some changes and, uh, and then product is about to be launched and then they're rushing it. And then they compromise with their quality. Uh, The number one thing would be, you know, give yourself enough time, you know, while you, when you get the sample, that is the right time to, and your sample is approved. That is the right time to start working with, start with the photography and videography or A plus content, whatever. Uh, And don't leave it to the last minute. Like, okay, you know, don't think that the seven days are enough. It's never enough. If you want to, if you want the high quality work, that's one thing. And the other thing is not doing the split testing, you know, 
mm-hmm. like not even like there, there are so many sellers that we talk to when we tell them, hey, have you ever considered split testing your main image? And they, then they're blank. They don't even know that that you know how much they can do with their you know with their main image, and also not utilizing all seven images or or, mm-hmm. or six images if you, if you have a video, you will come across like so many listings who's just got two or three images, it's missing infographics, missing, you know, uh, uh, missing lifestyle images. And many sellers, you know, uh, you would see that the photos look like terribly photoshopped. So mm-hmm. these are some some of the things that that you would normally not notice uh, in the listing images. Just make sure the product looks, you know, better than what it is. So uh, yeah, spend on photography, you know, make sure it looks professional. And uh, yeah, th- these are these are some of the common mistakes that you would normally see. In the listing images yeah yeah and i think what's something that's really important is also setting expectations right understanding what expectations are and setting expectations now kamal i know that you're like extremely short on time and that you have to immediately jump off in just a few moments but these are just a couple of things that i wanted to talk about with you and um which is again understanding the importance of ebc and a plus content um and and just to get your 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 thoughts on the uh your 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 agency experience when it comes to bad photoshop so since we can't cover everything let's talk about some uh some fun situations that you've run into as being an agency owner when it comes to bad photoshop like what what's the worst situation that you've seen so far um i think that was um there's two guys sitting in a on a desk in a park and you photoshop a wine bottle on that you know there's like so that's the that's that's one of the examples that i can think of you know so i think what was the product the product was i think the bench that you could there was a portable bench that you could move around so they mm-hmm. photoshop like two kids on that it looks like they're floating and there's a wine bottle on that on the, you know on that be- bench so that's one of the examples that i have seen and uh, the one thing i would say is if your photo looks photoshopped or it, it it looks badly photoshopped don't use it it's it's doing more harm than good so well, Kamal, I do appreciate you coming on. Obviously, uh, if you guys need any more assistance with any of your listing optimization, any of your Amazon advertising or uh, account management, um, reach out to Kamal at AMZ One Step. All his information will be below. Kamal, thank you for being a fantastic guest and just doing a massive brain dump on your on your like complete experience when it comes to understanding uh, Amazon imagery. Well, thank you so much. It was you know great talking to you. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, man. No problem.